0: Do you know your CV doesn't start with your name? Your CV starts with your Oh
1: really? I don't know <laughs> I
0: myself know. got to do this after 10 years of working experience
1: Just because the fact that you know we are an Indian and we are the minority in this country that doesn't mean that we are to actually be pitied on or we are weak
2: Do you have something to say? Voice from the youth on What Say Youth Stepping into November
3: most of our Indian friends will be celebrating the Kapali, but What else do we know about our Indian friends? As a minority community in Malaysia,
2: do we really care enough about the concerns and their voices? So in today's episode, we have the guest from Malaysian Indian Youth Council, MIYC, to share with us what are some of the challenges of the Indian youth and their community, and also what do they do to empower the Indian youth to participate in these social movements. Let us welcome Mr. Sanjay, the National Vice President of MIYC, and also finalist, of Ratu Bumi Malaysia, Miss Sanglisha. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Hi, thank you.
0: Thank you very much for having us here.
2: It's really our pleasure to have both of you in this episode to share with us about what is really going on or happening in the Indian community. So... We really hope that you guys can share with us about the situations of your committee. So first of all, we'd like to ask Mr. Sanjay, you know MIYC as one of the largest Indian youth-based national organisations in Malaysia. So what do you think about the Indian status in Malaysia?
0: Uh, first of all, let me give you a brief introduction about MIYC, Malaysia Indian Youth Council. Okay? This particular organisation has been established for past 30 years in Malaysia. Mm. And we are established in about 13 states with about 115 active branches currently. Wow. Yep. So uh, among us, we we have about, uh, I can comfortably tell you about 4,000 to 5,000 plus Indian youths under the umbrella Mm. of MIYC. And we are also an affiliate member of Majlis Belia Malaysia, which is under Kementerian Belia dan so, coming back to questions, what do you think about the Indian status in Russia? Okay, uh, generally compared to like 20 years back, current Indian status, they are developing, I mean, the youths, they have more awareness towards what they want in terms of uh, their own socio-economic empowerment. But again, this particular uh, Indian community has been separated into two different uh, categories, whereby the urban and the rural. The urban ones often get uh, updated of whatever they need. But very, very less information or very rare information to the rural ones. So this is what's happening currently, Mm. whereby the ones who are getting the information Mm. are moving forward. Mm. The ones who are not, they're still stagnant over there.
2: Uh, So do you mean that there is actually a gap between the Indian youth from uh, the rural area and also the urban
0: huge. There is a huge gap between these two living styles, you see. Mm. Because I, I have also approached the ones in the rural where they are still not aware that there are certain uh, opportunities for them out there. They, mm. they are still not aware of those things. And mm-hmm. they are more concentrated on to their daily earnings. I mean, I wouldn't blame them. You know, you know, there's the saying, whereby pagi makan pagi, petang makan petang. They have to mm. work daily to earn their daily earnings. And the uh, kids also, there are ones who got no proper uh, uniform to go to school. Whereby in rural areas, whereby kids still wear slippers to school. Mm-hmm. And some kids do not even go to school because they have to uh, help their parents to you know on the daily course. Uh-huh.
1: Whatever, notice
0: in the typical Tamil movie where we see uh-huh. these things happening on the poverty part, I have to say it is still happening in a very minor part of the The awareness towards the importance of education, uh, which can lead to Socioeconomic empowerment is still very lacking in rural areas.
2: I see. Then, I was wondering, what do you think about the job application? You know, like, does Indian youths or, or fresh grades they face relatively difficulties when they want to apply for a job?
1: In my humble opinion, if I'm just a fresh graduate. Mm. So, like, what I feel that you know, we Indians especially, we should not be like so particular, especially when we just graduate. we You know, some of us, we actually expect that, okay, we can actually get the job we studied for immediately. Mm. So even like recently, when I attended a workshop by Talent Corp, so one thing they have actually mentioned is that, you know, at the moment we have like two to three years of experience, especially like in a customer service line or something, you know, it increases our chance of getting into the company which we actually wish of joining in future. Because usually, you know, since we have noticed that some companies, they actually put that at, okay, they actually look forward for two to three years of experience. Mm -hmm. So this is something which they really need, the company. So I feel that, you know, we youth, Indian youth especially, we should be able to, keep ourselves up to that part, to that market value so that, you know, people, they will actually feel that, oh, okay, despite of her being like like an Indian girl, she's a minority and all those things, how come she can actually come up? So it's all depends on the market value, why the company needs to choose you. So if you have all those skills, all those experiences, so I'm very sure that, you know, despite of everything, we can still compete and come up also in future.
3: So, as we know that the Indians and uh, minority in Malaysia, and we know places relatively more challenges in terms of education and uh, job opportunities. So, how can we empower the youth in Malaysia, especially in Indians, to be more prepared for the workforce
0: for a better future? Let me give you an example on perspective of MIYC Malaysia Indian Youth Council, mm. okay? Uh, MIYC has been established basically for the as I told you just now, the socio-academic empowerment of Indian youth. When I speak about the empowerment of Indian youth, what I normally tell you is uh, they should empower these three E's. When I talk about these three E's, it's all about education, employability and entrepreneurship. This is what we concentrate in. So, in terms of concentrating on that, the very first thing which our people have to be looking at is their marketability upon completing their studies in the next five years or even before you go into the particular course. Because apart uh, over year as a vice president, I'm also an education counsellor as well. Mm. And I'm also running my own college as well. So, mm. I've seen this. Whereby, you sh- should know where do you look at yourself upon completing your studies in the next three to four years after the SPM. You know, there's a prototype whereby uh, among the good ones, once I complete my studies, I have to be either doctor or engineer. Oh. Oh. This, yeah, this is what people normally, the mm. normal stereotype happens among uh, mm. our community. The so-called
2: okay. good pathway, you know, the good future. Ah, the, good oh. pa- uh,
0: the, 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 the proper pathway which <laughs> they <laughs> so-called claim. Oh. So at this particular point in time, I think there's per patient, there's about 13 doctors out there in the market. The same thing goes to nurses as well. So, I mean, these are the marketability rate which you will not be able to penetrate upon your completing your studies, you see, mm. so there are other more generic job opportunities out there, which we can explore, which in oh. our people doesn't look into. Mm. And before that, which they really have to look into here is how can they market themselves? When talking about marketing itself is all about their resume and CV. This is the basic criteria, which I think is also lacking among the community. When there's a proper uh, CV writing,
2: mm. there
0: are certain criteria, if you follow properly, then it'll be good for the employee to look at you.
2: Ooh, for example, like <clears throat> what, what okay. kind of...
0: Do you know your CV doesn't start with your name? Your CV starts with your job experience first.
2: Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> I myself got to do this after 10 years of working experience. Wait, wait, wait. This is what they call about effective curriculum mm. vitae at this particular time. So they have to be updated based on what job they're applying. Your CV has to be updated according to it.
1: Mm-hmm. If you're not
0: applying for a sales job, you make sure... You have put in what are the sales revenue can you bring in or uh, have you brought in in your previous experience. Curriculum vitae has to be passive and has to be subjective according to the job you are applying. Not that you do one and then you start to uh, blast it all the uh, way. I mean, you know, jobs that you would click, 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 yeah. click, click.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean,
0: this is the thing you should avoid. And mm-hmm. number two here is employability. I mean, of course, currently as what Shangnisha said just now, they want experience but they're being choosy, okay? But if you are being choosy or if you need those experience, you also have to equip yourself with particular skills as well. Go and take extra courses. They should know that this extra skills or extra qualification is what is going to give you the leverage when you're applying to a job.
2: Yeah, so Mr. Sanjay, uh, share with us about some, you know, skills before you applying for a job things that you should avoid and things that you should focus on so that you get chosen. Then how about Sanglisha as a fresh grades? What do you think other than the resume and also the job applications, how do we empower the youth in Malaysia to prepare for the workforce?
1: Okay, well, in my humble opinion, what I have noticed, especially among the Indian communities is that mm. Oh, especially when it comes to families, Um, like even personally coming from my background itself, like my parents will always say that, okay, after 21 years old, you have to be independent, especially Mm. financially. Or after Mm. you complete your degree, your studies. So we actually expect us to actually be financially independent after Mm. that. Especially now during the pandemic. So it is kind of difficult for quite a number of us to actually, you know, continue our studies or even to get a proper job because we are, when it comes to being financially independent, suddenly mm. we are we don't have that comfort zone with our parents. Mm. I'm independent, so that's where we tend to struggle. That's when we actually tend to actually choose that okay, whether it's education or it's studies or can we actually cope up by doing both? Mm. So those are the challenges we actually face, especially mm. like us, like because I myself being yeah. a double degree student, yeah. Even when I go and uh, for job applications and mm. all that. They actually notice is that, um, okay, experience. And on top of that, you know, degree itself, it's not enough. Like, I have my aunt who is actually, who was previously a human resource manager at SIMEW. Mm-hmm. So she said only 10% of those in SIMEW are actually master's holders.
2: Wow. So you
1: know, it's very competitive. Exactly. Oh. For us Indians. So we really need to go up, like I mentioned previously, our market value, we really need to go up there. But at the same time, we are also financially like can be struggling because of mm. that. Our parents wanting us to be independent. So mm. that is how like, you know, we have to like pandai panda try to juggle or like, you know, we have to choose very wisely of you know how we are going to do things in future and then our job. So that's what I believe, lah. Mm.
2: So, do you think that it's actually because of the races, you know, so-called to make us have to struggle more or to be more hardworking in order to get the things that we
1: deserve? Actually, is I it, won't mm, say race mm. because one thing I've noticed is that, you know, to even apply for certain jobs, the mm. requirement, they need like Mandarin language or something. Okay, so, so yeah. I won't say yeah. that. It's a racial issue, it is something that we are lacking because perhaps... Mm. Actually, wants us to speak in Mandarin, but we don't mm. have the language, we cannot speak the language. Mm. So it's something which we're already lacking. So, again, market value what makes you mm. different from the rest? Why, mm. like Chinese own company, why should they pick an Indian like me? Why mm. it should be purely that oh, okay, I am talented, I am capable, I can bring value to this company, not that to fulfill the quota of having an Indian. <laughs> yeah, mm, yeah. yeah. True, that true. is something which is really important actually yeah the market value
2: yeah which is a very good point we really have to keep improving ourselves you know get yourself to fulfill the value we also learned that miyc works with state government so can uh, mr sanjay share with us like what initiative that will implement in recent years
0: to be very transparent to you guys. Basically, mm-hmm. we were more into a uh, charity-based organization. We were looking into fulfill the current situation of poverty mm-hmm. of Indian youth. And mm-hmm. the initiative which has been brought down from MIYC mm-hmm. for our Indian youths currently from national level here is, we have taken up a certain uh, initiative to empower, as I told you, the socioeconomic of Indian youths. Uh, a few things I can tell you guys here is, we have a certain bureaus under our national level, which is under the mm-hmm. Education Bureau, we have tied up with certain reputable private universities in Malaysia whereby they can offer the same scholarship or the same cost fees for our individuals in the same part as the government universities as well.
2: Oh, that's nice. Yeah,
0: because Hmm. as we all know, there are certain quotas where we want to get into the government universities for their mm. I mean, these things happen. So, arguing and looking into these things, I thought, but why mm-hmm. don't we look into alternatives? Mm-hmm. There are good private universities who are able to provide the same level of education as government universities. Ooh. So, we have tie-up with them and we have uh, Indian youths going into the particular universities mm. uh, in terms of giving them educational opportunities. Ah, okay. And the second part there is in terms of employability, which is especially during this pandemic situation, we have also had a very good collaboration with Perkeso. Mm. Okay? Okay. Perkeso and My Future Jobs,
1: mm. whereby we
0: have identified Indian youths are looking for opportunities and have lost their job due to this pandemic. Mm. We have gathered their details and passed it over to Perkeso and they're filtered and they've got job for this. This is mm-hmm. what we've been working on. And we also have other initiatives where we are looking on tying up with Tekun to get some mm-hmm. business loan for uh, Indian youth who are interested in business. And we are also working with MaFran. MaFran is under oh. Majid William Nishir. Uh-huh. Where they have tied up with uh, Bank Islam to get 0% interest business loan for uh, youth wow. as well. Oh, okay. So these are the other initiatives we are working mm-hmm. on. For mm. our youth, basically, kind
2: of. mm, okay, okay, yeah. So it's like myyc really helps the youths in terms of the three e, like what you have mentioned the education, <laughs> employment, mm. and also the Enterprise. entrepreneurship. Yeah, that's cool, it's very meaningful as well. Mm. Like, yeah, if I'm the youth,
3: I will like oh, it's very great to have this kind of activities. And it helps a lot to be honest. Yeah. Like and also like as the Indian population in East Malaysia is relatively lower compared to West Malaysia. So does MIYC's work extend to East Malaysia as well?
0: We have opened a branch in Sabah. We had a good mm. number of members from Sabah, which is oh. in KK and also Labuan. But in terms of Sarawak, We are still looking into Some native Indians Who are willing to you know To come and approach us Because I find it redundant Just open a branch here and there Without members There's no impact Mm -hmm. And yes I'm still browsing through For some For a good number of uh, Our youths in uh, Sarawak When they're interested We'll open one
2: as well Mm. The number is Is it really low? Very
0: low Actually very
2: low So is it the reason also
3: like because it's law,
0: so Dibawali is not listed as the public holiday in Sarawak. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> uh, really? talking about Dibawali not listed as public holiday in Sarawak, I will put this as two way. You know why? Okay. Because if I'm going to question about Dibawali not listed as public holiday in Sarawak,
1: mm.
0: we also can say that harigawa is not listed as public holiday in Samarandjo. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's not fair. Both, both of these are our national festival as well. So... My humble opinion over here is government should really look into properly giving a public holiday to all national-based festivals so that you know you cover all minority, mm. majority, you cover all the races. Because Hari Gawai, the Sabah and Sarawak yeah. are for two days. Yeah, true. It's, mm. it's now you say Deepawali, mm. it's only one day. And there's no off in Sarba. I mean, that's because we do have Indians over there in Saraba. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we do have a good number of Sarawakians and, and Sabahans in the uh, peninsula as well. I could uh, half of my friends are here which they have to fly back over on, on the particular festival.
2: I mean, it's not the as right? Yeah. yeah, true. They have to take into the considerations of whether it's really have the need or not to list it as a national public mm. holiday. We'd like to bring Sanisha to these conversations. We learned that you have been elected as the president of Party Gerakan Nationalist Malaysia uh, for Congress National and also selected as the representative of Malaysia to join the Vietnam-China Summit. So, we can see that you have been very active in participating in youth-related social work. So, could you share with us what sparks your interest being a part of this movement?
1: Okay, what actually sparked the whole interest was actually my mm. uncle. He mm. is uh, Tanshi Witness Warren. He is the president of the MIC, Malaysian Indian Youth Congress. Oh. So, previous, he was also the Young Diputu Negara.
2: So Mm. ever since
1: I was young, I've been seeing him like, you know, growing up itself, I was looking at him Mm. like becoming a leader and then Uh how he came up to this level, Mm. which is so admirable because he's an Indian and he has done so many things, especially even internationally as well. So Mm. that's where I thought, okay, I definitely would like to follow his footsteps because you know, what I've noticed also, he has been not only doing things only for Indians, but mm. even for those who are other races also. So mm. I felt like. You know, the moment you are actually representing Malaysia, you are being a representative itself, mm-hmm. you are carrying the voice of the people. You are their representative. Yeah. So what will you actually be carrying forward? How are you going to like make sure that all those people who are depending on you, their voices are being heard? Mm-hmm. So, like even when I was a representative for the ASEAN China Young Leaders Summit as the president of Vietnam, socialist mm-hmm. president of Vietnam you know, I was able to not only talk about what are the issues being faced in Vietnam, but also there were also certain times where as a Malaysian itself, I get to actually talk further, like, you know, especially on uh, women empowerment issues Mm -hmm. and all those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what actually really... Fucked
2: the
3: whole thing Until I came up To this level mm, Okay Very cool eh? and, and also Sanisha we also learned That you actually joined The Parliament Wanita Muda Conference In August This year right And it's actually A two day conference yes, yeah. For 222 youth Which mm. is uh Equal to the number Of MPs In the parliament To debate And discuss about the woman related issues. So can you share with us like one of the most important things that you learned from this conference?
1: I think one thing which I really which is something really important that I've learned is that the capability of a woman to actually be a future leader, to go into politics. Mm. So one thing I've noticed is that we do have a lot of talented women who can actually be our future leaders. Mm. So I felt Okay, uh, being into Parliament Wanita Muda was a very good platform because I get to observe this. And in fact, like some also asked that, uh, okay, after this Parliament Wanita Muda session, will we be able to work together with our aduns which we are actually mm. representing at their area? You know, can we actually go further into politics? They do have that interest. So that is something important which I felt when I participated in that program, actually.
2: Mm. Yeah, that's really cool. Then, uh, since it's a conference that you discuss about some of the women-related issues or the
1: challenges, so what are the main challenges that uh women in Malaysia face currently? Okay, the two main things which we actually discussed during the conference mm-hmm. was uh firstly on uh, sexual harassment, oh. and secondly is on uh abuse, women abuse, especially those who are. Um, married and then like marital rape you know mm. we actually discuss about all those things because especially like in Malaysia we don't actually believe in the term marital rape when mm. actually it is happening mm. so it is kind of a sad thing but this is something which even the Malays also spoke about it so it is a concern for all of us ladies and mm. like even especially about sexual harassment. Mm. Like we also spoke about um, the patriarchy system. Mm. Like even, um, you know, even in our families also, like especially me being an Indian girl, mm. um, we have I've also gone through situations where I've had relatives also, they've even asked like, oh, okay, why do you want to go into politics? Why into journalism? It is not mm. something suitable for a girl. Mm. And then no matter how much you study, like, you know, double degree this, that... You're going to end up in the kitchen. I've even received oh. those kind of comments. It's like <laughs> so, yeah, like, this type know, of yeah.
2: perception still exists right now, right? Exactly. I mean, like, even if it's so, 2021.
1: 20, <laughs> oh. Exactly. So it's actually quite disappointing yeah. when uh, yeah, they have actually told these kind of comments to me, but then mm. I felt that okay, these are things which should not limit myself just because I'm a girl. Mm. These mm. are all Really interesting hot topics which we actually discussed during mm. the conference. Okay. After so,
3: this, right? is there any like action or any like solutions that you guys are suggesting for those issues in the conference?
1: The most recent thing which I've heard is that um, they managed to get a few girls who are from parliament, Wanita Muda, those are mm. from Sabah. Mm. So they are actually going to conduct certain programs together with uh, our minister of Sabah. So that, you know, especially since he's also into uh, women empowerment. So Mm -hmm. those are the future actions which so far they have been conducting.
2: Yeah, that's cool. So we really look forward for these things to really happen. So, of course, when we talk about the social rights or maybe some social issues that's happening, media plays a very important role in building the perceptions and also the attitudes to a particular community through sharing of the news and also the information. So, I'd like to ask uh, both of you, Mr. Sanjay also, Sanlisha, what do you think about the news coverage regarding the Indian community currently, Mr. Sanjay?
0: To make it very short and sweet, I think media should concentrate on Putting up positive news positive. because on one way or another way, around media has played a part where I mean a very minor part where Indians has been labelled as drunkards or as mm. uh, gangsters. Mm. Very, very, very minor part, mm. but there are also parts where there have been successful Indians who has been achieving something on an everyday basis. Mm-hmm. Those news has not been covered. Oh. I think maybe that those tools are not lucrative enough or have mm. not given them enough TRP for whoever mm. it is. Mm. So in my opinion, there are many good things happening in the community. I think the media mm. should concentrate on that particular mm. side compared to the ones which is going to label a particular community as such.
2: Also in a way to be more diverse, right? In terms of their reporting about the news or the things in the Indian community. Yeah. So what do you think of this, Sangisha?
1: Okay, well, in my mm. humble opinion, because as of what I know, is that, you know, usually media, they cover certain news or they do certain mm. coverage because they will also see does it actually bring revenue in the end of the day? Will people mm. actually buy those kind of news and will they actually read it? So mm. like, um, you know, to actually get more news coverage on uh, Indians, perhaps like, You know, they should also cover those who have been really successful in their business, Mm. whether Mm. they are athletes or certain things they have actually like done, like they have represented the country. Mm. So even like we have quite a number of uh, girls also, like from a very young age, they have actually like achieved many things, not only girls, even guys also. So like, and plus girls who are in beauty pageants. So this is how that, okay, especially like when you talk about beauty pageants, since I'm also representing Miss Earth Malaysia as a finalist. So like, you know, the moment we actually talk about women and then who are in beauty pageants, Indian women especially. So these are the things where we can actually, you know, we get the coverage and at the same time, it collects revenue. Mm.
2: So before we end These sessions Any other words For the Indian youths Who are struggling Out there That you would like To like Maybe give your advice Or just any words That you want to Share with them uh, Mr. Sanjay
0: Okay uh, I'll just make it Very short and sweet Over <laughs> here again Okay There's one saying In Tamil Which I can translate It for you guys by, uh, Which people say When you want something When you need something You ask You seek for it there's a lot of opportunities for our youths, especially Indian youths in Malaysia, which people are not aware yet. You know, you can ask, you can learn, you can gain information. And that is where uh, the more you ask, the more you gain, I believe. So make use of whatever platforms we have in Malaysia, regardless of whichever political party, the government has a, as I, I repeat again, the government has a lot of opportunities for our youths, especially Indian youths, where we can tap into. And you can make your life better. As the three E's, I told you, whatever we come, these three E's mm. are is going to be the three pillars of anyone's, any youth's life in Mission. Mm. So they have to look into it.
2: All right. <clears throat> then I'll about Sanglisha.
1: Okay, my advice would actually be like, okay, because since I myself am an Indian youth, mm. so like I would actually advise that, you know, just, just keep moving forward. Just keep fighting your way through. Because, you know, just because the fact that, you know, we are an Indian and we are the minority in this country, that doesn't mean that we actually be pitied on or we are weak. Mm -hmm. You know, we should actually keep fighting, keep proving to ourselves that, okay, despite of us being the minority, we can actually achieve better. We can actually, like what I've mentioned about our market value, our market value is so good. That, you know, people would actually want to hire us. It's not that we have to go and chase after the company.
2: Yeah.
1: Make sure we mm-hmm. are that talented, we are that capable, that the company itself come and chase for mm-hmm. us because they see the value in us. So one thing I would say is, you know, there is one saying that um, it is your choice not circumstances that defines you. This is something which Mm. is uh, his grace, Go Gopal Das, a very famous speaker from India, he actually said. So Mm. this is something where I also personally implement in my life also. Mm. It is your choice, not your circumstances. Mm. Just because we are the minority, just Mm. because we are looked like uh, we are not able to really come up because Mm. of some so-called racial things and all that, that Mm. should not, you know, be in our head. Just mm. because you're an Indian doesn't mean that you're small. You are actually big. And you yeah. have, why I think big is because the moment you're a minority, that's where other races will actually look like, oh, wow, you see? They can actually come up. There's no excuse. Oh, yeah. well,
2: that's very inspiring.
1: <laughs> very well <laughs> <laughs> said, But Thank yeah, you.
2: due to the Timing. so we have to come to the end of this episode with Mr. Sanjay and also Sanlisha so thanks for sharing so much insights and also the truthful voice of the Indian youth in Malaysia so that we get to understand each other more in this episode as a Malaysian All of our episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and also Anchor. Do tune in to get more insights on any topics from the perspective of Malaysian youths. That's all for today's episode. Happy DiBavali and see you next time. Do you have something to say? Voice from the youth on What Say Youth.